This scripture reading is from the first chapter of Romans. It is verses 1 through 7. You can find that on page 152 in the New Testament section in the Pew Bibles. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves, who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all God's beloved in Rome, who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from our God, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. We're just a couple of days away from finding out what's in those boxes under the Christmas tree. In Advent, in the church, we anticipate wonderful gifts also. Each week we consider a different gift this season brings hope, peace, joy, and this Sunday, love. And this late in Advent, we really should take a moment to ask ourselves a question. How will these gifts help me live? Or maybe better said, how will these gifts help me live? Paul has a wonderful salutation as part of his opening of his letter to the Romans, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I think we can safely appropriate those same words for us today. To all God's beloved in Marietta who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Consider the power and the message that is wrapped up in those few words and the wisdom that is contained in them about how we can live. We are God's beloved. In a world where all sorts of negative messages bombard us, we can know God names us beloved. And it's not just words. God loved humans so much, so much, that God came to live as one of us. And God didn't just drop into humanity untouched by all the messiness of our lives. No, God entered the world like every other child. God was born in the poorest of circumstances, God struggled with life like every other human. God mourned the loss of loved ones, enjoyed celebrations, ate, drank, and experienced all the normal daily routines of human life. God breathed, felt pain, bled, and ceased to breathe on a cross like just like any other human. We celebrate the stepping of God into humanity each year at Christmas. The incarnation is a love-packed event. God came to be with us, to be like us, and to share our lives with us. 
God has called us as saints. Typically in the Protestant church, we mean any follower of Christ when we use that term. But we shouldn't forget the word comes with an invitation to live in a particular manner. We're invited to display the love of God to others, to friends, to families, even to enemies. We're invited to make moral and ethical choices that reflect the loving nature of God. We're invited to proclaim hope in what is often a hopeless world. We're invited to care for the marginalized, the outcast, the strangers, the ones that society purposely rejects. In short, we're invited and empowered to live like Jesus. To live as a saint is to take the love that God has bestowed upon us and share that love with others, and to do so with joy. The salutation includes another powerful word, grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor and blessing. We don't earn any of it. Grace shows us how God loves. Grace loves without precondition. God loves no matter our behavior. God loves without limit. God loves us on our good days and on our bad days and on our horrible days. It is one thing to be considered beloved, but it's even more stunning to realize that we are beloved without our having to do anything, anything to earn it. Now, perhaps when I talk about saintliness and I mention grace in the same breath, that might be confusing. In one case, I speak of an invitation to behavior that we might think meritorious. And in the second, I spoke of God's love having this completely unmerited aspect. You know, it points out when we run into that and we get confused by that kind of thing of how humans mistake thinking that behaving in a particular manner will ensure we are loved. Oh, we may be liked by people for behaving in a certain way, but none of us is perfect. And so that means we will not always behave as others expect. If others are offering us affection and respect because of our behavior, we will disappoint them sooner or later, and they will withdraw that love and that respect. Amazingly, just as God loves unconditionally, the Creator made us to be able to love without condition. We're invited to love unconditionally as a response to this boundless grace that God has shared with us. God knows we won't do it perfectly or even very well at times, but the calling God extends sets this standard for entry into this idea of sainthood. Everyone, everyone, even if they aren't going to do it well, is invited. And we aren't going to do it well. We know that. Every one of us is welcome to try and follow this path. So the list of gifts is pretty amazing in this salutation. The presents we get to unwrap from Jesus. We're God's beloved. We've been given God's unmerited favor, God's grace. We're invited to share God's love and grace with others. And when we don't do that perfectly, we're still accepted and loved. God picks us up, dusts us off, 
and tells us, well done, servant. Go and try and do it again. Paul also speaks of the blessing of peace. The lack of peace in the human heart and in our world is apparent to any of us. We see conflict in our world and terror attacks and shootings in the amassing of weapons by armies, in prolonged conflict between religious groups, in the persecution of minorities and the shattered lives of millions of refugees. We see a lack of peace in human hearts and minds right around us in the troubling reports of adult and teen suicides, in divorce statistics, in increases in depression, in widespread addictions to substances and harmful behaviors. We certainly see a lack of peace in the political arena these days, where vitriolic attacks are common, family and friends seek to speak to each other over party differences, and there seems to be no common ground. We desperately need this blessing of peace in our hearts and in our world. Jesus mentions peacemakers in the Beatitudes. He says they will be called children of God. How would we describe children of God? Well, we would think they are beloved of God. We would think their lives would reflect God's love and that they would freely share that love with others. These people would live saintly lives as saintly as possible. And understand that as God's children, they don't need to fear God's judgment or the judgment of others because they know how gracious God is. It turns out in our strife-ridden and troubled world, all saints, and that's all of us, have the foundation necessary to be peacemakers. Yes, some have gifts to help more in one or another area of conflict and trouble, but all of us can help bring a little more of the peace of Christ into this world. How can we do that? Well, some simple advice on a very personal level that I drew from the Reverend Betty Voigt that I ran across in a recent Advent devotional. Turn off your electronic devices for a while. Fast from the continual doomsday fear-mongering news. This is Advent. Seek the holy. Hold a baby or the hand of a dying one. Spend time giving thanks for everything. Turn on some beautiful music and let it fill your soul. Offer a small gesture of kindness and support to a stranger. Open your heart to receive the ordinary goodness around you. Be silent. Go within. Touch into the deeper truths that we call God right here, right now. Breathe in the incredible mystery in us, with us, all around us. In short, take a step away from the negative influences and step towards those who need love, those who can give love, and the beautiful things that remind us of God's love and grace. Live in ways that connect with that love and grace. Live, live 
in ways that share God's love and grace with others. That life that stirred in Bethlehem came so we could live fully. What does that mean? Well, bask in God's love. It's endless and amazing. And share that love with others. Enjoy the incredible blessing and freedom that come from God's unmerited grace. Be gracious with those who are struggling right around you. Seek God's peace for your own heart and let that spring up and flow out to others in our strife-torn world. On this Sunday, when we consider the gift of God's love, we realize again that God's love makes it possible for us to live fully. We're beloved of God. We are drenched in God's grace. And we have been given God's infinite peace. Amen.